What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Happy uh, 4th of July from the HMN crew. This week, we're participating in potato sack races, blowing up congressmen, talking about phantom limbs, and speaking in very slow, monotone voices about everything, because we watched Uncle Sam this week on Horror Movie Night or something, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) He's more robotic uh, voicing. Uh, the, the, The thing is, is that most people weren't, it didn't seem like they were depressed as much as like, never acted a day in their life. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's very comical. Here's a little backstory. This, like Demon Wind and Jack Frost, as we've mentioned previously, had one of those holographic covers, and so of course I thought it's gonna be badass, and it's not. But I, I think I saw it. This come out in '96. Yep. Yep. So I'm guessing I saw it, holy shit, summer before I went into high school, so which would have been like right around 4th of July, 1997. Okay. <laughs> oh my God, that's just depressing and embarrassing. But I remember That's being, over 20 years ago, Scott. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, my shame for having watched this movie is old enough to drink a beer. Uh, <laughs> so I've seen this movie twice now. Never again, because it's really, it's not, so, you know, I've been thinking about this quick little uh, non sequitur. Well, it's relative to what we're talking about. I think that we have gotten somewhat of a 
reputation for shitting on the movies that we talk about. And I want to set it straight. Like, we, if we really hated this stuff, we wouldn't be watching it. Yeah, um, no, I, I say it's a comedic celebration of the flaws in the movies that we love. Yeah. Yeah, but I know multiple times on Reddit when you've posted about us, people have been like, oh, isn't that the podcast that shits on the movies? Not really. I mean, the world is not black and white. It's gray. There's a lot of shit to hate about the movies that we watch, particularly this one. But um, they're also charming. You know, like this movie still is kind of charming. Not necessarily as charming as last week's movie, obviously. But um, (laughs) I will say that I liked this movie. So the reason I mentioned that is I was very underwhelmed by this as a 14-year-old or whatever. Um, I thought it was going to be better and it was very tame and I was disappointed watching it 4th of July weekend of 1997. I am watching it as a full blown middle-aged man and I had more fun watching it this time, but that doesn't say a whole lot. I had so much fun watching this movie. Well, and it was, it's, so it's from the director of the Maniac Cop trilogy and the original Maniac. That that makes, wait, the original Maniac? Yeah, from the 80s. (laughs) Wait, wait, what's his name? Um, uh, William Lang- Langston or something like that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. L- Lustig? Yeah. Lustig, thank you, yes. Yeah. Damn. I don't know, man. The first Maniac isn't that great. It's just famous for being incredibly gratuitous. Um, it's pretty bonkers. And yeah. this movie is way, way more tame than anything else. Even Maniac Cop is like a pretty bonkers thriller you know it's not really a horror movie so much as a cop thriller but this movie is a straight horror movie yeah but the pacing is what sucks about it so so yeah so let's get into it because uh brian has a lot that he wants to say at the start of this but the movie we'll, we'll get to a certain point and then i want brian to do his like list of notes that he's excited about uh but the first 40 minutes of this movie is very slow but but once the killing begins it just completely is like a tonal shift of like just a death every five minutes uh so i will say the backstory for this as you said we i I think brian and i both probably saw this in 1997 Mm -hmm. Uh, we've mentioned him once before but our uncle craig used to run a local deli and he would put out almost exclusively horror movies for people to rent from his from his deli, from his like deli. that's so weird. Yeah. I love well, it. Like, I well, love had... the '80s and '90s. That's the way it was yeah. in small towns. He yeah, also like had it. Ghost Dad, um, and yeah. I, I know that because that's also a holographic cover where Bill Cosby's oh. head <laughs> disappears. Um, but it was mostly horror. It was mostly horror. Yeah, it was almost exclusively horror, and we like we were obsessed with the holographic cover of Uncle Sam, and we must have rented that movie at least three times before what? we finally. Before we finally did, like, the VCR hooked up to another VCR to make a copy for ourselves. Holy shit, you had one of those copies of Uncle Sam? Yeah, yeah. and we would watch it constantly. Like, I, How did I remember Dude, I've been podcasting with movie. you for six fucking years, and you've never mentioned that. Well, because we never talked about Uncle Sam. This is why I wanted to do it last year. But you, veto- you vetoed me. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you did last summer. It's a better movie. Uh, questionable. So we... <laughs> So, like, we watch this movie all the time. And I I think back on how much I love this movie. And all I could remember was the potato sack race. So, like, I think I just like this movie for a quick five-second kill. But, like, 
I remember watching this at sleepovers. Like this was like a big horror film in the Kelly brother portion of the household. Um, it was actually, I'm not sure if Brian remembers this for my middle school project. We had to do an interview with somebody. Like it was like, okay. Like it was like an English class. It was like, may, do an interview with somebody and videotape it. I had asked, does it have to be someone real? Because everyone was interviewing their like their grandparents or whatever. And the guy down the street had this awesome horror display that he would put up and it was in October. So we got a costume and did like an interview with the serial killer who was like putting dead bodies in his front lawn. And I played the serial killer. My buddy Adam was the interviewer. And this was on the same VHS tape as that project. <laughs> So, like, to watch Uncle Sam, you had to sit through that 10-minute interview first. <laughs> but, like, I always remember that because I would be like, hey, I'm going to watch that interview because I was really – I still am pretty proud of it. As far as, like, a middle school thing, I was like, this was creative. And we got an A in that class. You, but, you did do a lot of creative stuff with, with that stuff. <laughs> like, you you kind of – you got me a failing grade once um, because you did, <laughs> you did a project for me that my family was very busy and this is completely off topic, but oh well. Um, my family was a very busy family. Uh, both our parents work. So it was like my parents wanted to help me with certain projects, but it would always be like a last minute thing. Like the sock puppets. Yes. Yeah. So, so I had to do this uh, like a video on this book that I read. And I forget what it was, but it was something about little people. I don't remember if it was leprechauns or or something like that. In Phil Fondacaro. Yeah, no, no, it was like leprechauns or something like that. And I was like, Mom, I really like to do this project. She's like, You need to go to bed. Me and your brother will take care of it. So they filmed this video and it was Matt with his knees on top of shoes to make them look small. <laughs> and he like opens up a fridge. He's like, Oh, hello there. I'm here to tell you about this book. As a little person, I like to read about little people. And there's tons of stuff about little people in this book. So give it a read. Goodbye now. And I turned so it was all it was. Yeah, and she's like, you don't mention anything about the book. It's like you read the cover and the back of it and made a video. And I'm like, that's exactly what my mom and brother did. <laughs> oh, it's our fault that you didn't tell us what the book was about. <laughs> Actually, yes. Uncle Sam starts off on June 14th, uh, and they find a destroyed helicopter that apparently happened three years ago in friendly fire. Uh, and as they're looking at the body of Sam Harper, he comes to life and kills the sergeant and the major while they inspect the wreckage. And then it just jumps to his hometown, which is called Twin Rivers, USA. Uh, <laughs> and it's just a couple days from Independence Day. And we meet Sam's nephew, Jody, who idolizes him. I and it was Billy. Sam, is it Billy? I have Jody written down repeatedly. Um, I, I don't know. For sake of my notes, I'm going to keep saying Billy because they think uh, up a lot. Of that. Did you guys watch this movie 20 times a piece? Yeah, but who pays so, attention to names? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's Jody. Uh, <laughs> I just looked at IMDb. Okay. Uh, so Sam's body is delivered to his ex-wife and sister's house as separate people. They're like roommates or something. Uh, but then they're not roommates. Like they, like I thought that they were roommates, but then it's like it's established that the they live in different houses, but they're just always hanging out, which is weird. That you would like hang out with your brother. Like I don't know, it's weird. Um, so that's her sister-in-law. Yeah, I guess, but that I don't know. Like because the one, the mother of Jody's mom is yeah. Uncle Sam's sister. 
obviously. Yeah. Uh, and then the other blonde woman is Uncle <laughs> Sam's ex-wife. Ex? No, they never got divorced. Well, he's dead, so it's ex-wife. His widow. His widow, yeah. whatever. No, there's a very li- different yeah. legal application <laughs> here. Um, Either way, she's banging a cop. Yeah. Well, I, is she? Is she? Because she won't even kiss him. You know, that's true. Yeah, she won't kiss him in public. But um, she gives him like a chaste kiss on the cheek after their date, and he's like, "Can I come inside?" Good like, person. Nah. No, yeah. she's got some serious sexual assault history going on. Where surprise that uh, surprise her brother is a fucking rapist. Um, yeah. He 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 was a serial molester of his sister Jody's mom, and then was a wife beater slash wife raper um, of of the of the woman before deciding that he wants to go deploy to. Um, Legally kill. To, to, to legally kill, yes. That, thank you, Isaac Hayes, for that wonderful exposition in this film. Yeah, uh, where he gives, like, a monologue about his phantom yeah. leg. So this is this is where <laughs> I'm just really excited about the 40 minutes that everyone hates of this movie. Uh, well, can I mention one more – can I mention one more thing and then we'll let – we'll cut you loose. All right. One more thing and then I'm going to cut loose because I am really excited about so, this movie. So – you know that Jody is a disturbed child because he has a monotone talk the yeah. entire time, specifically when he is judging his teacher for protesting oh God, Vietnam yeah. in front of the yeah. entire class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have all of his medals. I would like to put them on. Is actually one of the lines. I wrote it out with all the uh, periods after each word. To- so, Uncle Sam used to say you were a coward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, like... So I'm guessing that Sam so, – so I don't understand Sam at all. So Sam must be the only zombie in cinema history raised from the dead by dirty commies, right? Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> – discuss later on too. I did have a line here. I thought I had it in here where the kid is talking about – oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, I have – I, I put it all in bold. This kid is a chatty fucking Kathy. It's when he's trying to talk in the classroom and he won't shut up. Yeah. You know, like, first of all, this town is going all out for 4th of July. No small town goes all out for 4th of July like this. I don't know. Anyway, so it's the day before the the it's the it's the big parade and the kid brings all of his dead uncle's medals to, to the class and he wants to put them on. And um, he... He calls the teacher a deserter or what a coward, and um, then he's staring at his box of medals and goes, "When I grow up, I'm going in the army just like Sam did, and I'll do whatever the president says to do because he knows better." <laughs> yeah. So the reason that I love the 40 minutes of nothing in this movie is, as everyone will will begin to to learn if they don't know now, I have like a weird. I, I, I love serial killers. Um, I have a weird thing with true crime and serial killers. They fascinate me. And the character development of everybody that is attached to Jody, who I will be referring to as Billy because I'm not going back and changing my notes. So everyone that's uh, attached to Billy is making him a future serial killer. Uh, this kid is just the recipe for being a serial killer. And I'll just give you a quick rundown save everyone 40 minutes of their life to give you the character development. So there's Billy who we talked about, AKA Jody. And he's like, Hey, I like to sleep next to a picture of my dead uncle and carry his medals around. 
I'm a really hard conservative that thinks people that don't go to war are pussies, like my commie bitch teacher. I'm a true American <laughs> patriot, and I can't go, wait to go to war and kill for my country like a man. Also, I'm nine years old. And then <laughs> Billy's mom, and she's like, hey, Billy, I know you really liked your dead uncle, but I wasn't a big fan of him, and I'm going to say that I think he's a piece of shit. I'm also going to imply that I don't really love your father too much either. All right, go to bed, and remember, you're nine years old. And then you meet Billy's mom's boyfriend, and he's all like, Billy, Billy, sit down, okay? Let me tell you something. <laughs> By the way, I'm the guy who's porking your mother, right? All right, <laughs> taxes, Billy, okay? So the government, they like to take our money, and that's called taxes. So what I do is I find loopholes to get out of paying mine. Also, you're nine years old. And then we meet Isaac Hayes, and he's like, I know what you're thinking, Billy. You think I got my dick blown off. That's what <laughs> but it's not true. Matter of fact, this dick made my children. And then in return, my children use their dicks to make my grandchildren. It's a circle of life, Billy. And this is getting repetitive. But for, but for sake of really driving it home, you are nine years old. And that is, <laughs> that is the first 40 minutes of this movie. My favorite thing in your entire rant is that... <laughs> Billy's mom's boyfriend, in your mind, sounds like Mr. DNA from Jurassic Park. It's like, oh man, I had in so the land of dinosaurs, there was no Texas. Uh, all right, so now the movie really gets started. There's some wait, flag wait, wait, you're burning. The fact that they have the fucking casket in the oh, dining room, the living room of this house. Yeah. Hey, that used to happen. There's a country song about it that Brian and I like. By Ray Stevens. <laughs> yes, yeah, sitting up with the dead. <laughs> that is so weird. I, that sounds scripted. Uh, there's So our grandpa used to have this VHS tape called Ray Stevens' Greatest Hits. And for those of you who don't know Ray Stevens, later in life he became a very unbearable, like, hyper-Republican country artist. But in the 70s and 80s, he was basically, like, country's version of Weird Al Yankovic, where he would do these really, like, he's most known for the song The Streak. The, oh, yes, they call him The Streak. Oh, like, yeah, I know that song. But, like, he had, he had this music video tape, and these videos were, they're still kind of entertaining as adults, but as kids, they were great. And there's a song about called Sitting Up With The Dead. And it's based on the fact that like down south, that was like a tradition where like when someone died the day before the funeral, the casket would be laid out in the living room and the whole family sat in the living room with the body to like have a final night together. But it was about how his grandfather had died and his grandfather had like a terrible posture problem where he was hunched over. So the only way to get him in the casket was they had to rope him in. But during a thunderstorm, the rope snapped and his body popped out of the casket and it scared the whole family. And he like had, and that was what the song was about. But oh, like wait. the videos, it, it, the videos, video, does the guy go surprise? No, it's even better. The old man in the video is played by the dude from all the earnest movies. That's like the cop that never talks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Anyway. So there's some flag burning and that's what causes uncle Sam to finally rise. Uh, and this is where we meet Peepin' Tom, Uncle Ta yeah. Uncle Sam, which is just so absurd. And the girl who she looks at the window and there's a guy who's standing approximately 12 feet in the air to stare at her dressed as Uncle Sam. And she goes, ah, yeah. <laughs> like, damn it, Willie. <laughs> yeah. 
And like no one, everything about this is weak. I have the word weak ass scream three different times. Cause then Willie is trying to run away from uncle Sam and he falls. And in the nerdiest voice I've ever heard in a movie, he goes, I gotta wear this to the prey tomorrow. (laughs) Now it's all messed up. But (laughs) when he's peeping in, they should know the way that they try to do it was they tried to make it almost like a fake scare where you think that it's uncle Sam looking at her, but then you're kind of like, Hmm. It's probably not because it's very tough to get a, an Uncle Sam costume at midnight when you're a corpse. So I think it's someone else. And yes, it turns out to be Willie, the town pervert, because that's yeah. what all of our movies involve. But everyone's got a town pervert in the 80s and early 90s. Yeah. But uh, he didn't yeah. soliloquize before getting killed, which is really depressing about this film. No, but he does scream like this while he's being stabbed. Ah. <laughs> also, he sounds like he sounds like what Goldman from uh, Family Guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me hear your war cry. <laughs> uh, but then, I mean, once once Willie dies and Uncle Sam gets this Uncle Sam costume, there's about forty minutes left of the movie, and every five minutes, someone is getting killed. Yeah, uh, but most of them are fairly tame. They're incredibly tame. I don't even care though. But. Man, like the teacher getting a hatchet to the face. Okay, why Why would you keep an axe in your classroom? <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. The three tame deaths that I was referring to are the flag burners, which those are just like, that, I mean, that's forgettable. Like it's like throwing someone in a grave. Yeah, yeah throwing someone in a grave. He hangs someone from a flagpole. Which like, how is the dead body dangling from a flagpole not been discovered? Question. Um, Joe... <laughs> So Jody sneaks out to enjoy the parade because he's been grounded. Uh, and then but we his meet... love for country is yeah, so he's... strong. Yeah, he's like, I am not missing this. <laughs> uh, but this is where we meet Barry, the blind wheelchair kid who was blinded by firework oh from a fireworks accident, uh, oh, who yeah. apparently has some type of psychic link with Sam. Oh, God, it's so uh, stupid. But then uh, my favorite character, the douchey blonde kid, goes up on stage and just massacres the national anthem. And then, and then he moons the crowd. <laughs> yeah, kid. But that poor, <laughs> the poor kid is like, what, nine, ten years old. He's in a wheelchair. You can tell he's just clearly in a bad accident and self-conscious about it. So what does his fucking mom do? She wants to show off the freak show to make the whole town feel guilty what they did and try to ruin everyone else's good time. That mom is the worst person in this movie. Performed and by kills people. Performed yeah. by I uh, I don't know her name. I don't know DJ her name. Souls, who I just met at uh, at at um, Cinema Wasteland, and I. That's what. That's how forgettable this movie is. I saw PJ Souls, and I was like, I loved you in Halloween. I loved yeah. you and Carrie. Uh, yeah, I couldn't remember that she was an Uncle Sam, you know? Oh, man. But she's great. She's awesome. This might be her best role. <laughs> but so, so douchey blonde kid, who I believe was also friends with the kids in the graveyard. I think that's, that's implied. implied. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he gets he gets decapitated by Sam in the most violent potato sack race that has ever happened. <laughs> I was so As, glad he got killed. Oh, yeah. But it's it's probably the best kill in the movie, even though it's like super. I mean, we could recreate that kill very easily. Oh, but it's so great. But it's uh, so good. There's 
it's the extra gore dangling underneath the head that really yeah. makes it pop. Like, yeah, yeah it, it makes my bulge pop. Uh, so before <laughs> that part, though, we I I took multiple notes about this scene where Uncle Sam is caressing the blind kid's face. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm I'm thinking. No one's watching this dude in a creepy Uncle Sam costume stroke this mutilated blind child's face. He's in a wheelchair, and it's going on for minutes. And and he goes – and the kid goes, who are you? Yeah. What do you want? (laughs) I want what you want. He talks – You nailed that child (laughs) so perfectly. That is exactly – who are you? What do you want? <laughs> but he's like well, not really shocked. And yeah. Sam talks like the disembodied voice on the phone from the first uh, Black Christmas movie. Yes. It's oh just my God. Like, Except he doesn't call anybody a pretty piggy cunt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh my God. What if you would have called that kid that? <laughs> Holy shit. Um, yeah. He's not into boys. He's just into girls apparently. And that's why he rapes every woman he's ever met. But uh, we ha- there's this is what he says when the kid asks him who he is. He goes, even in darkness, you can see me better than those with eyes. You know me. And the kid's still like, yeah, but can you give me a hint? <laughs> yeah. yeah, help me out. Because you sound like uh, Mantis so- from Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> so That would make so much sense, though. <laughs> uh, so then he also kills his sister's boyfriend as he's dressed like Abe Lincoln. Um, and this is when... Uh, his sister and his mom finally sit Jody down and be like, look, we were both raped. Like, stop ra- stop praising your Uncle Sam. He's a piece of shit. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. Like, we're for- this conversation have come up in the previous nine years of this child's life? Not necessarily like, hey, he's a rapist, but more like, hey, he's a piece of shit. You probably shouldn't, like, Yeah, he beat us a him. lot. Like, you yeah, don't like you get can, into the sexual can- stuff, like... Yeah. You can tamper it down and be like, yo, he used to hit us a lot. Like, yeah, like kids would understand that. They wouldn't understand the sexual nature. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, let me tell we... you something. When a man and woman love each other, they have sex. When a man loves a woman and a woman is not interested in the man, sometimes they still have sex and it hurts the woman. <laughs> That's called rape. You are nine years old, Jody. <laughs> um, we're forgetting the best, the best cameo in the movie for me. Which is there's also a corrupt congressman that's in oh, town. Oh, yeah, he's great. He's awesome. Who's played by the star of Alligator? Yes. Oh speaking my of, God. <laughs> speaking of my obscure mind, I thought it was so funny. It was such a. This is so stupid, but it was the star from Alligator, right? Yeah. And it was black. Not well. It was black. It was Isaac Hayes. Black, aka. Reminded me of Chubbs from Happy Gilmore. And then Abe Lincoln. <laughs> All three of them side by side in a scene. And <laughs> Happy like Gilmore. The- <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually just laughing at Matt Lewis. Fucking shit right here. When you said Chubbs, I knew where you were going. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Um, oh, Jesus. All right. So then he kills... <laughs> He blows up the congressman, which is awesome. a pretty awesome we death. Missed, wait, 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 before we get to the best kill of the whole movie, which is the impaled on a flagpole, uh, we missed the 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 girl. Like the she's like fourteen. She's got oh yeah three the- joints. Like what are you gonna do? Smoke all three joints? No, fourteen <laughs> year old is gonna smoke three joints. 
And then she gets a hatchet. She gets her chest, uh, her head chopped off by the cleaver. And then Uncle Sam takes his like purple tongue out because he was eating um, warheads and licks the, <laughs> licks the cleaver. I don't know why, but it's just. Uh... Well, no, no. He licks the cleaver after he decapitates the blonde kid. And then oh. he puts the blonde kid's head on the grill where oh. the stoner chick is working. Okay. And he smashes her face into the oh, grill. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry. Oh, man. It's just. This movie's really forgettable. I watched this two days ago and I can't remember. But then we get but wait, before we get to the right before the the guy gets blown up, this band has been playing since mid-afternoon and it is now nighttime. I don't know how long this band has been playing, but that is actually what takes me out of the movie. <laughs> well, I mean, they're like a all all presidents like jam band. Like- and they're terrible. <laughs> they're awful. It's like the 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 pianist wants to be in a ragtime band. The upright bass player wants to be in a rockabilly band. The the singer slash guitar player wants to be Eddie Van Halen. It's insane. <laughs> um, so they so not only does it so Sam blows up the congressman, he kills his ex wife's new like new beau, uh, and then that's when they go to Isaac Hayes, Jed, and they're like, "Yo, we need you to kill Uncle Sam." And Jed's like, "That's impossible." And then Jody, uh, yeah, Jody's basically just like. But it's just like your phantom limb. Yeah. And he's like, that makes sense. Let me get my cannon. (laughs) (laughs) Sam's the killer. That's impossible. Well, I can see how that's a possibility. (laughs) Also, you're nine years old. (laughs) (laughs) Also, let me get my full scale cannon with full cannonballs. I have multiple of with all of the gunpowder needed. That's a Civil War cannon. It's not like (laughs) – I don't understand this town at all. Oh, Jesus. So like – yeah, basically Sam is is stomping towards Isaac Hayes and he's blaming him for everything. He's like, you told me war would make me a man and this is what it made me. And also Jody's nine. (laughs) (laughs) He's like – (laughs) like he blows up uncle sam twice twice and then like and then it just ends like it's just over that's the movie i was so shocked by nothing more in this film than or i was not i was the most shocked by the ending of this film in that so the kid was fucked like he's so fucked up before (laughs) the starting of this movie right like he's just got mental issues and then his idol comes back from the dead and wants him to he's oh there's a line that we missed where he's um (laughs) um okay i wanted to be just like you and then sam goes you have to be dead first are you volunteering and the kid's like yeah let's go outside and show isaac hayes the the fact that i'm gonna let you kill me um i don't really know what the juju is that they got that that is gonna like let the kid come back from the dead too it's not really i guess it's okay that it's not explained because this movie is an hour and 40 minutes and that's way too long The, the at the end i was so shocked that the kid wasn't more fucked up because he had just seen his undead uncle get exploded twice. Um, but because I, I would have loved it if the kid was even more fucked up at the end, where in, if his mom is lovingly watching him burn his uh, army toys, instead he was burning all of his other toys and keeping his army toys, like, okay, I'm even more fucked up and into the military now. Because yeah. I feel like that the begin- like we talked about in Slash Dance, there was this kernel of a good idea. And then through the writing, 
process and then obviously the production and you know like splicing editing everything <laughs> of a good idea got watered down so that you could barely taste it so i i want to so that i only have one other note and it's more just a thought than anything and i i wanted to get your guys take on it but like Jody had the actor who plays Jody had to be the only person that showed up for that audition, right? Because yeah. <laughs> he's related to somebody in the movie, absolutely. Yeah, like there's like no like come on, that's your best option that has made itself known. Anyway, uh, you know, I'm glad that we watched it. This has been like a long time coming. I think I suggested suggested this for the last three Fourth of Julys. Yeah, well, um, what did we do for our first Fourth of July? I can't remember. I think we just opted to do nothing. <laughs> we were just <laughs> okay. like, let's just do a regular episode. Oh, uh, we did the best of episode because it was literally July 5th. Okay. So we just yeah, put yeah, it out yeah. on I July mean, 4th. But did, um, is Jody the next Uncle Sam? Because it was like a weird ending. So where, no. You know, but it seemed like it could have made sense because of the psychological but that's what I'm saying is that they should have gone for that. That's the kernel of the idea. The kernel of the idea should have been, okay, we need to make a scathing satire of the military industrial complex and how it leaves soldiers to die and they're forgotten because they, Isaac Hayes, he has two whole soliloquies about it, but it never hits. And then at the end, they should have had the kid be the new Uncle Sam. And they, even if they hadn't have made an Uncle Sam too, which they could have made it because I bet they could have made one for $200,000. It's not like this had a giant budget anyway. Um, they could have at least set it up. Yeah. How, yeah. how, yeah, how many horror like, movies have we seen where they set up for a sequel that they never do? I'm okay with it. And and they do the, you know, I touched you or or I was too involved with you and now I'm the killer now. Or this affected me. Yeah, that's, like, that's Corey the yeah, Corey Feldman, Night. Yeah. Friday the 13th, Daniel Harris in uh, Halloween. Halloween 5, yeah. Um, Halloween 4 and 5, yeah. With a, a James Franco in Spider-Man. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. The smell of the video store. I love this place. 
you could look at the walls of VHS covers. We had to choose just by looking at the cover and reading the crappy synopsis. It was, you were leaving with one. And the only way to know what new movies were coming out is you actually had to watch the trailers instead of skipping them. Right, we didn't have the internet to look it up. We had one guy named Todd behind the counter that would (laughs) tell us what was good or not. Todd strangely liked way too many romantic comedies. Yes, but you always knew when the boobies were coming because Todd made sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and remember all the awful CG we had to put up with in the mid-90s? We talk about that a lot, don't we? Join us on Analog Jones and the Temple Film where we talk about VHS tapes. And we wax nostalgia like none other. Available on iTunes. And Podbean. So what did you guys watch this week? So I have three things I want to talk about real quick. Um, and they're all not good, um, but I don't know how I feel about most of them. So I watched Bad Match on Netflix, and it was a relatively recent film. I think it was 2005 or 2006, and it really upset me. It's about this guy who is obsessed with Tinder, and he's just he's a hookup man. Like He's always fucking a new girl. And then he bangs this chick, and she gets revenge on him and she's like ruining his life and then he's like you just have to admit what you're doing and and it just spirals out of control and everybody dies basically um nice but he is such a fucking prick that i i was watching it thinking like is there's gonna be a turnaround is she gonna be a badass no i i i'm not even i I, i'm not even gonna like get into the the spoilers of it but um he's just such a prick everybody's awful in the movie and it was not worth the hour and 20 minutes or whatever it it took to burn through that on a Saturday morning. Um, I highly recommend you avoid it and avoid pretty much everything on Netflix uh, horror-wise because they don't pick good horror movies. Then I watched Murder Party on Shudder. I uh, fucking love that movie. I love okay. the director. You and Matt are diametrically opposed to me because I really did not enjoy it. I didn't hate it. Like I get what they were trying to say. I thought that the, it was entertaining but i don't think it deserves the kind of praise that matt has heaped on it for the last two years i think it's i think i like that movie even more after i saw green room because it shows how much of a range that director has because they are two very different yeah movies. if you watch you told me that and I was like, holy shit if you watch yeah. blue ruin and green room it it shows the skill that he has and i and it makes me respect them respect the movie more differently because I watched Blue Ruin and I watched Green Room, which are just phenomenal fucking movies, like just well written, well shot, well directed. And it just makes me feel like, OK, so he was just having a blast with this. Like this just seemed like a very fun movie with a bunch of friends that got together and made. It didn't look like he was giving it 100 percent. as much. like This yeah, is yeah, just yeah. fucking fun. Let's have a good time. Because he's got and it's low budget. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get what they were going for. I think that my problem with it is the fact that everyone in that movie is unlikable. Yeah, no, yeah. I, so, so and I have a hard time with movies like that. I will fully admit that. My my first time seeing that movie was actually right before a Halloween party. I'd helped my friends Mark and Laura set up their house, and my buddy Mark was like, "I found this movie like two years ago, and I watch it every Halloween." And it was like the movie was like brand new. Like he, this was before Blue Ruin, before Green Room. He had just like stumbled upon this movie and bought it. And he's like, "I watch it every year now before the Halloween party to get psyched for the Halloween party." So, like, the group of us who had set up watched it. Then the following year, my buddy Graham built the the knight costume 
and like oh came God. to the party as the in the like like he spent like a couple months just collecting cardboard boxes and like cutting and taping and like built a full night costume out of cardboard because that movie and it was like so like I think it's that it's a big thing among my friends yeah. that makes me like it so much. Maybe it's more of a party movie, but you know, yeah. I just I have never been able to appreciate films where there are no redeeming characters. It's just yeah. a thing for me. I have to root for somebody, and I know that you're supposed to root for the fucking moron protagonist. But like, <laughs> I just he's not likable. I guess that that's a different writing tactic, you know. I but- I'm guessing here. I'm not positive. I feel like that movie. To me, that movie feels like, and I don't know the history of the director, but I imagine the director went to film school, realized that all of the people that he was in class with were fucking elitist idiots. Oh, yeah. And just made a movie making fun of them to be like, I don't need your fucking school. I'm going to make my own movie kind of attitude. Because it really, like, every character in there is such a parody of, like, the douchey art school kid in college. But yeah. I went to a school that had a lot of students like that, and they were tertiarily related to me via, um, like I went to a liberal arts school, so yeah, I I was in social, I did sociology, and so I I was in like a sciencey kind of like a more straightforward major. But all of my friends and people that I lived near, we would party with those art kids because those kids knew how to drink, you know, and. Um, <laughs> I I have definitely mellowed on my hatred for modern art, for contemporary art, because of my relationship with Megan, because she was an art history major and she's explained to me the whole point. But for me, a lot of it feels like postmodern contemporary art, like the what they're making fun of in The End of Murder Party. Oh, pretty much all of Murder Party, but yeah. specifically that art installation at the end. Um, it's, I get the whole like, let's make fun of the navel gazing artistry concept uh, that pretty much got popularized in the seventies and early eighties and, and has just gone. It's like an Ouroboros. It's just a snake eating its own tail forever now because there's nothing else to say. And so it's like, then I guess we're going to say nothing and just, we're going to do something absurd and then um, assign it meaning when people ask us to assign it meaning and it's like okay do art for art's sake that's totally fine but don't try and imbue it with social ramifications if that's not your original intent and i don't know i just i've definitely mellowed on my hatred for that so i felt like that maybe that is also why i don't love that film because i felt like it was kind of a ham-fisted send-up of that style of art meanwhile i saw while i was in college dealing with those people so i feel like i was like okay if, if i had seen this movie in 2003 it would have been it would have been like when I saw May, you know, I would yeah. think of it much more fondly. Yeah. All right. So it was the third one. Humanoids from the deep. <laughs> <laughs> and I well, will tell you what, after watching, oh, what the fuck did I watch? Um, I watched something else. Oh God. Oh, so, okay. So right after I watched murder party, I was trying to work my way in shutter all, down my watch list. Cause when I work from home, I'll, I'll just put something on in the background. Um, and Murder Party I did that with and it was fine because I didn't have to really pay attention. It was just like, oh, when people start screaming, I look over. Um, and then I started watching Night of Something Strange, which is about rape zombies. And it is one of the worst pieces of shit I've ever seen. Do not watch it. It is not worth your time. It's not like cult movie. It's not like a John Waters gross out in a good way. It's not like um, Slither in a gross way. It is just like bare bones Nothing to it. Nobody can act. 
Nobody can do special effects. Nobody can handle a fucking camera. Um, the jokes are awful. The jokes are all sexual. Um, it's like a 12 year old made this film for his art class and still got a D and it was about rape zombies. And so after I had seen that, I was like, you know what? Humanized from the deep fucking charming. <laughs> uh, That's all, all right. I have to say. I'll go real quick. Um, my buddy sold me a bunch of old DVDs that he was about to throw out. One of them was Fear with Mark Wahlberg. I rewatched oh. it, and it's still a pretty great movie. Yes. All right, on to you, Brian. Um, I watched a Netflix docuseries called uh, Evil Geniuses. I fucking loved oh, it. Yeah. Um, so if anyone has seen the <clears throat> movie with um, Michael Sarah's stunt double, I can't think of his name right now, um, but 30 minutes or less, uh, the guy from Social Network. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Shit, Michael. Oh, you mean Lex Luthor? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. I was like, Michael Sarah has never once done a stunt. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you caught their stunt doubles. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so when 30 Minutes or Less came out, my brother Matt, who you all know, I assume, um, told me <laughs> that it was actually inspired by a true story. And I looked it up, and at the time, you know, it was just pretty much like, yeah, this happened. These people got caught. This is like a random, you know, uh, conspiracy to it. And I didn't think much of it. I thought it was like an, an, an article worth of information. Holy shit. I mean, it's only four episodes, very binge worthy. But like for some like white trash um, backwoods people, like these people really are fucking geniuses. I mean, like just evil fucking geniuses. That's the name of the show. Um, but yeah, check it out. Wait, 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 wait. I didn't catch what's the name of the show. It is called Evil Geniuses. Um, it is on Netflix. Oh, okay. Clever. Yeah. Clever. So if you like things that are evil and also respect geniuses, I would just <laughs> checking out Evil Geniuses um, once again on Netflix. I just spat. <laughs> I laughed so hard. All right. Well, that was Uncle Sam from 1996. Uh, happy 4th of July, just around the corner. Uh, I hope you guys all enjoyed the Twitch stream that we did a week ago. And do not forget that uh, our one-year anniversary, or one-year, Jesus Whoa. Christ, our three-year anniversary is right around the corner. So you've got a best of year three coming up anytime soon. Uh, I will give you guys a quick heads up. So July, because of conventions, for me and weddings for Scott and you know, it's the summer. Sometimes we like to enjoy things uh, just as much as you guys do. We're going to be taking like a mild hiatus. And by that, I mean that we're not going to be recording new episodes like this, where we're in like our quote unquote studio. We'll, we'll call it a studio. <laughs> Instead, we're going to be dropping the live episodes that we did at monster mania. And we're going to release a, a very old episode of Reddit Horror Club. It was actually the 10th episode of Reddit Horror Club. It's not particularly funny, but I think it's an interesting episode. It's the first time that Scott and I ever spoke to each other. Uh, so I think that that's like a cool little thing to throw out there because it is literally where Horror Movie Night was born. Um, but uh, before that, we've got one more film that we're going to discuss before our, our you know brief two to three week hiatus. Uh, and it is a movie that Scott has been insisting we do in July because it's a Christmas movie. It's a joke. <laughs> See, it's Christmas in July. He's funny like that. Uh, so we will talk about that next week. Thank you for listening, and we will be back in just one week. But thank you for sticking with us for over 150 episodes. We appreciate it. 
What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 